the Iowa Hawkeyes, El Asico was entertaining, I guess. Um, I mean, South Carolina, East Carolina, I mean, barn burner of the day. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed Michigan uh, running all over Washington. Uh, we had a service academy game that hit the under. So, I mean, just high on the hog over here at Legal Gambling Council. But um, we're here for week three. Uh, I think this one's another sneaky good slate. Um, people were griping about last week. I think this is a this is a decent decent week of games. So with that said, we're going to jump right into it. Um, I think we'll go ahead and do SEC first. How's that sound, fellas? We'll do SEC first, and then we'll jump into the rest of the big games for the day. We go with that. Do me. All right. So I'm just going to run through a couple of these non-con SCS matchups and we don't have to even really say anything. I think they're all pretty much a given. Uh, the mocks of UT Chattanooga are in Lexington. I think we all are agreeing that Kentucky is winning that one. Kentucky's kind of put together a pretty good start here. Uh, Tennessee Tech for uh, Ole Miss baseball fans. Uh, cover your eyes, cover your ears. You say. Um, they are traveling to Knoxville. I think Tennessee is going to bounce back from their loss to Pitt when that one. SEMO uh, is going to be in Como against Missouri. I think Missouri handles them. Um, kind of a sneaky one here. And we can go ahead and we can uh, – I'm looking through to make sure I didn't miss any other gimmies. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, we can go ahead and pick the rest of them. Um, all right, first one we're going to discuss. New Mexico at Texas A&M. I'm looking at minus 29 and a half for the Aggies. Um, if you, if you want to go money line, minus 10,000 on the Aggies. But uh, New Mexico at Texas A&M. Do we think? that they are covering 29 and a half. I, I will jump ahead and say, I do not think they will cover. I think AM, um, even though they lost Haynes King uh, a week ago in that game, which I guess was sort of entertaining, uh, Colorado just couldn't do anything on offense. Uh, it was a fun game to watch, but I think the Aggies cover this. I'm muted again here. What a hot start. Um, if Texas A&M is going to do anything before SEC play with the backup, what was it, Calzada? It's got to be this yes. week. So I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to cover uh, the 29 here. I actually really like the under because New Mexico's offense is, is abysmal. And I think Texas A&M will just slow plod their way through this game. I could see something like a – I mean, I think it's going to be really bad. I think it's going to be like 31 to 7. So I don't think they're going to cover. I think it's going to be under. I, just, I don't think Texas A&M has any reason to really try to push it, but they, they do have to figure out something this weekend because, I mean, it's going to get rough when they're when they're having to play offenses like Ole Miss and Alabama. I mean, there's no way with what they had last weekend against Colorado they can keep up with those two offenses. I'll just be honest with you. And, I mean, I know they said Haynes, Haynes King could be back in five to seven weeks. Does anybody really believe that? He broke his ankle. Yeah, I don't believe that. No, no. He's out for the year, in my opinion. I mean, best case, he's coming back last week or t- – Yeah, best case is Ole Miss. And then it's like, what What have you got? And then, you know, if A&M's sitting here with three losses, what's he doing? You know? Yeah. There'll be a different team by then. Look, I'm, I'm kind of with Nick here. I think that 
look, New Mexico's on his first four-game win streak since 2004. They beat Fresno and Wyoming last year. Um, they're still terrible, and A&M's going to roll. But, I mean, I, don't, I have no analysis other than that. A&M's bringing in a new quarterback, which may actually work in their favor. They may try to build his confidence, and that might lead them to cover the spread. I'm going to take New Mexico just because – I just I, I'm with Nick. I think 31 to seven is a very realistic score. Um, you know, 34 to seven, something like that. So, um, yeah, I'll go with what are what is New Mexico? The Lobos? Give me the logos. Mm-hmm. Lobos. The Lobos, baby. Yeah, I don't have strong feelings on this one. I I, I think I agree with Ben's last point though. I, it might be beneficial for Jimbo to see what he's got with this new quarterback, particularly because next week they go to Arkansas, then state after that, and then Bama after that. So I think he's going to try to figure out what he's got in Calzada. This is the team to do it on. This is New Mexico. I mean, if in the first half you realize we can't throw the ball anymore, we're going to have to run the ball 50 times a game. You know, this is the best opportunity you're going to get to figure that out before you're facing, you know, live bullets um, at Arkansas next week. So I think they may actually air it out more than we're expecting uh, just to see if their offense still has that capability. Um, New Mexico, as Ben said, they're not like – historically bad i mean they're they're in bottom tier of college football but they're not new mexico state so i don't know they may be live early as calzada works through things but i think a&m could accidentally cover this like 42 to 13 or something and uh maybe pack it in late to get ready for arkansas next week who has been uh, surprisingly confident so far this year this is a game where i think Obviously, Texas A&M's defense is going to do their thing. The front seven's going to keep the Lobos at bay. And then I just think uh, A&M's just going to be too good everywhere to not score. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with what y'all are saying. I mean, I, Jimbo's got to figure out what Calzada can do. I mean, we heard all during the offseason and in fall camp and everything about how Calzada's got one of the best arms in the country. And it's like, well, look. Time to kind of figure out if he can throw the ball downfield because he sure as shit didn't look like he could do it against Colorado. And the Buffs are they're they're fine. Uh, I mean, I I love the Buffs, um, but you know they're not great. But I didn't look very comfortable. I know he was thrust into that game after Haynes King went out. But yeah, I mean this this seems like a get right game for Calzada to kind of figure out what he can give them. Um, all right, moving on, we have this one's kind of tricky. Kind of feel like this one's tricky, and look, I, I've been kind of lukewarm in our picks so far. So, you know, I guess tread lightly with this one. Georgia Southern at Arkansas. I, I personally didn't think too hard about this one. I just went with the gut. I think this is let down city for Arkansas after a big emotional win, I and mean, they stormed the damn field and tore the goalpost down, ate the hundred k fine or whatever it is from the SEC for that one. I feel like Arkansas wins this game easily, but I don't think they cover. Georgia Southern runs the flex bone or whatever the hell it is from the shotgun now. I think it'll play a little keep away. Arkansas is still going to get theirs. Um, they were impressive last week. Say what you want about Texas and how good they are, but Arkansas controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They're going to win it, but I think that uh, Georgia Southern covers the 23 here. So I don't – I don't have a lot to add. I I agree with you that this is a letdown spot 
for Arkansas. The problem is and the and the week before A and M too. Georgia Southern sucks. Mm-hmm. They they got blown out by FAU last week. They give up almost 500 yards a game, and Arkansas makes their money running the football. I I think that it's you're less likely to have a letdown game when you are run heavy than when you are pass heavy. Um, kind of like defense travels. In my opinion, I mean this could go either way. I'm going to go contrary to Zach. Arkansas two and zero against the spread this year. Georgia Southern's zero and two. I'll lay the points. What do we have? What's the line? I see twenty. I got twenty three. Um, you can get it. I see twenty three and a half and twenty four is all I'm seeing. And it opened at eighteen. Okay, Man. never mind. If it opened at eighteen, I'm going to actually flip that. I'm going to take Georgia Southern plus twenty three and a half, yeah. and and I'm going to lock that in. Oh yep. my good lord! You have to. You have yeah, to. Really? Line has gone that far. Actually, I can get it at twenty four. Wait, you're um, locking in. Yes, and I'm. A, I went from laying the points just to be contrarian to a six point line shift. Lock it in, Georgia right. Southern. Let, let me rebut, and then I want because I think Austin's on the, on your side. I want Austin to rebut me. I, I mean, yes, I get it. It's it's kind of off of a, a big you know letdown off of a huge Super Bowl esque game last week for them but georgia southern's like straight cheeks this year i mean they lost 38 to 6 to fau you know who the coach at fau is me neither willie taggart taggart right yeah is it i mean yeah. i mean but okay, taggart's no not idea. i mean taggart fired his last job i mean of course you know we could talk about the you know shortcomings at texas that actually are, are happening or at fsu but the point is is that FAU is not a great football team. They beat, they beat Gardner Webb by five to open the year, and the next week Hell they scored yeah. six points. That's six <laughs> All right, in both so, Raton. I I don't. I mean, Georgia Southern's bad. Couple things though, <clears throat> they didn't have their starting quarterback in those first two games of the year. They get him back oh, this week. Uh, Is he Cam Newton? Okay. Gets back this week. He doesn't have to be <laughs> twenty four points. Uh, so. They run the triple too, by the way, right? Uh, like Arkansas true. didn't prep for the triple when they it were getting ready for the Texas game. Didn't and stop they, FAU though. They scored they thirty-eight. Sure, it without their starting quarterback again though. So, so well, you they don't get just stroll back. into Boca Raton. He he played defense though. Look, it, it's, to Austin's point, this is going to be a quick game because both teams are the the game's going to be short. Go ahead, continue. Absolutely. So after Texas and before A and M, like yeah, you, true. you have to make this bet ten times out of ten. The line moved six points against the opener. The other team is getting their starting quarterback back, and they run the triple option. Like, what else do you have to need to make this bet? Like the, this, the, the and, six points and, against the opener. That didn't worry you that Vegas knows something. I'm putting. I'm no, that's, that's my point. Vegas opened it at eighteen, though. Ah, I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. and I, we still haven't seen. KJ Jefferson show anything remotely close to being able to throw the football. So no, it's just no, going no, to be right. and he's not Arkansas going to Ryan, he's Arkansas not going left. to Saturday. Exactly. They're gonna it's gonna be three yards in the cloud of dust. And um like Ben said, the clock's gonna be running the entire game. I mean, I don't think Georgia Southern ever threatens to win the game. But if you're giving me twenty four points, I mean Arkansas yeah. can win thirty seven to seventeen, then you cover. That's what I was gonna say. Like it, it could be something twenty seven to Seven and boom, yeah. 
So, yeah, you got to make this bet. It's ugly. It's a hold your nose bet. You don't watch the game. You just follow score tracker and hope for the best afterward. But again, a triple option team against a team who's not going to be interested, who just earned a top 25 ranking for the first time. And how long, how many years has it been since Arkansas was ranked? Yeah. Um, coming off mm. of their biggest win in a decade against Texas and with their next biggest game in a decade on deck, you have mm-hmm. to make the bet. I'm with Ben. And the, I'm, I'm, and the Haynes King injury is going to just amplify the pressure. Right. Because you know, it, it's a rivalry game anyway. But, yeah, I mean, with, with A&M starter out, it's just more pressure for them. So, I feel like this – yeah, I mean, this game is going to be so vanilla for Arkansas. Is college game day going to go to the A&M game? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they have to think this is the biggest game of the day now. Yeah, it may be. They're going to be – I haven't looked at what next week's schedule is, but A and M's going to be at least seven, maybe top five. That's a that's a big game. Uh, My only reason in in doing is, dude. It, I mean, a six point line move. That's what I've been doing all year. Like it's it's huge. Yeah. And what did this is going to be great pod as I figured out? What did Arkansas open against Rice? What was that line? Oh, Oh, I don't remember. What did it, it end up at and a half. 19 and a half, I think, is where it opened. So, I mean, Rice and Georgia Southern are comparable. Yeah, and, I mean, I think it closed at 19. And they covered. Barely. Uh, yeah. Barely. They backdoored it with like a minute right. left. No, I, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, I'm going to stick with – I'm going to stick with, with, with uh, Arkansas here because I think they've got – I mean, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I think they've got an O-line coach – I'll, you know, bring your own, bring your own guts, lunch pail guys, the head coach. And I don't think he lets them kind of let their foot off the gas. I think they, they see that 20 next to their name or 24, whatever it is in the polls. <laughs> I think they, I think they come out and, and I think they put, a, they put the claws down, they put the hammer down. And I think it's like 37 to 10. Have y'all seen, have y'all We're gonna seen circle back and, and give a follow up questions <laughs> with all those cl- cliches? <laughs> Have y'all seen Sam Pittman? He looks terrible. He looks like an Arkansas football coach, <laughs> and he's just he's made he's made to to win games and cover spreads against Georgia Southern. Literally, After the Texas game. He looked like he was in John L. Smith cosplay. Every every looked like hammered shit. Right now, kind of matches their school. That's true. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Good call. Lane Kiffin, Ed Orgeron, Nick Saban. Mike Leach. Mike yeah. Leach. Leach is out of here huffing ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike Stoops just, Jimbo just looks like a guy. It's just like, yeah, you're at a basketball school. A&M's coach, his name is Jimbo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy talks about how everything's bigger there. Josh, uh, for sure. Georgia's head coach named Kirby. Like he's from Sevier County. <laughs> he has a bowl cut. Yeah, but he pronounces it Sevier. <laughs> Sevier. Um, all right, Sevier. next one. Uh, yeah, next one. Uh, this one's kind of this one's kind of weird. Now went out on a limb on this one. Um, the Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs and uh, all the horse medicine are traveling to. Uh, the fairgrounds to take on Memphis. Um, Memphis, I see it at Memphis plus three and a half. Um, I'm not locking it in, but I think Memphis wins this one outright. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, really? I'm I'm pretty sure I talked to y'all about this. Maybe I didn't, 
The other day I went back in and look, no free ads on this show, but uh, do a barrow roll on YouTube does cutups uh, games and it's spectacular. Um, do a barrow roll. If you're listening to the show, uh, we appreciate the work that you do, but he does cutups of offense defense for a lot of games. And I went back and watched that game and holy fuck, it was awful. Um, I think NC state opened the game. I believe four straight stops couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, state hold didn't on, have hold on, first... rewind, rewind though. They gave up a kick return to open the game. Yeah. 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 yeah that was, yeah. yeah, that was how it started. Uh, state didn't get a first down until like two minutes left in the second quarter. Um, they got about a hundred. I think that was around the same time. They got a hundred yards of offense. Um, I, I states the better team. They have the better athletes. Um, but I just, I just don't know. Like it's, it's not an air raid offense. I mean, Mike Leach and all the, whatever he did at Texas tech. And, and look, I saw Michael Crabtree's getting, you know, honored and, you know, getting inducted into the ring of honor at Texas tech. So shout out to, to Crabtree. Um, one of the goats at the receiver position in college football. Um, <clears throat> this offense doesn't look anything like what he had in Lubbock. It doesn't look anything like what he had in Pullman. Um, it's just very, very, very vanilla air raid. It's just – I had that that game on last week on one of my TVs, and it, every time I looked over, it was just Will Rogers completing a pass for like three yards. Um, Memphis can't stop anyone. They score a fuck ton of points. Um if anything, I think the Tigers scare them. I mean, Ole Miss fans are very familiar with this type of atmosphere. Memphis fans are probably going to do their damnness to sell out the Liberty Hole. Um, it's going to be a pretty intense environment. And what, what time's that game? Eleven thirty. So oh god, early you know it's noon. You know, early it's early kick. It's not a far drive from Starkville, but I just think maybe a little bit sleepy. For State, after a quote-unquote big win against a quote-unquote really good ACC opponent, nobody ever fucking said that, but apparently um, some dreadlocked uh, dipshit <laughs> thinks that people were saying that. Um, I don't know. Who calls I, you there, Zach? It's a 3 o'clock kick. Oh. Okay, well then. Just as no. just. Oh, that's when, oh, that's yeah. when I picked it. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm on sorry. Tally's site, so that's when I picked it. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Disregard, yeah. Y'all ready, yeah. Y'all ready for this? I don't think the kickoff time matters, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Lock it in. Oh, God. MSU minus three. That's what I see it at on MGM. Wow, so so ball. Nick is off the rails tonight. Lock it in. I I just, okay. You guys were, and perhaps it's a, it's a, you know, a a story of how bad South Florida is, but in in North, North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina State came out 45 to nothing the first week. Everyone was singing their praises. That high flying offense that they had, 10 points against MSU. Remember, we were talking last week and they said, hey, NC State's fine. They, you know, they, they gave up the early kick, but they're they're a lot better than MSU. And then MSU ran on 24-10. It wasn't really all that close. That MSU defense, actually sort of good. They're going to be far more talented than the Memphis is going to be on offense. And yeah, they put up some points last week against Arkansas State. That's not this. And the, the Memphis, I mean, excuse me, the Mississippi State defense will be good enough. I'm, I'm thinking they're putting the clamps down. And I think we're going to see a 24-17 type win for MSU. So, wow. Have you – did you Powerful watch – Did you watch the NC State game? 
I did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's a Dill Miss game. What do you? What's wrong? Sorry. I mean, no, no. So that's what happens when, and and this is a credit to State's defense. <laughs> when you don't watch but, the game. <laughs> but when you uh, win the turnover margin three to zero, okay. NC State was better statistically everywhere else. They held State to 22 rushing yards on the night. Like, but, but MSU's uh, passing game is kind of their rushing game. They're just okay, dink and well, dunk they, for four yards. But right, look, not, I, not just turnovers. The special teams touchdown. The special <laughs> team. True. I mean, I, I think if I – I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure NC State may have turned the ball over inside the 10-yard line going into score. They did, yeah. So, Fourth and goal. So yes, I do. I think state wins the game either way. Yes, but twenty-four to ten is a little bit of a disservice for that result. I, sure. Uh, um, that Memphis doesn't not as good as NC State. I, I'm going to take Memphis to cover. I think state wins, but I'll I'll take Memphis. Yeah, to that's cover. perfectly fair. Uh, if you're if you're keeping score at home, um, Memphis, who the quarterback is Seth Hennigan has thrown for more yards than Will Rogers, who's in an air raid offense. He thrown for more touchdowns. Um, <laughs> spoiler ah, alert. Who uh, leads the SEC in passing yards? <laughs> I mean, pretty obvious there. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Thomas <clears throat> has run for more yards than uh, Tequavius Marks. And uh, Jane Wally, who I think is a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. Calvin Austin – has uh, more receiving yards than him. So, and this isn't just piling on Mississippi State because this is an Ole Miss podcast, but again, I'm just going back to the air raid offense. It's just, it hasn't done much. Maybe they get right this week and they blow out Memphis. I, I don't know. I mean, Ole Miss fans are very familiar with afternoon games and the Liberty Bowl and how they can get a little weird. Um, Memphis is averaging close to 50 points per game. Um, State's only averaging right under 30. Not that that matters, but I'm just. Austin, what do you think? I would try to split the baby, I guess, in the argument here. I I think Nick's point is a good one, that State's defense will be the best unit on the field um, all day. But, you know, last week was as fraudulent a win as you will see in college football this year. There, there went over NC State. Um, so I'm not going to take much away from that. And obviously, they it took everything they had to come back against La Tech the week prior. Um, look, Memphis put up 680 yards last week against Arkansas State. The problem mm-hmm. is, though, Memphis gave up. 680 yards (laughs) so like nick's right athletes top to bottom state's got the better roster far superior defense but this line stinks to me i mean it this screams memphis outright with the three um i'm thinking more than we do yeah and here's the other thing that nobody's mentioned yet y'all know who state has next week on the schedule LSU. Uh, yeah. I believe so, it is a big one. Yeah, so they're going to open SEC play next week. Um, Memphis, meanwhile, I think has a cupcake. You know, I don't know. The Liberty Bowl will probably is, be like 60-40 maroon, you know, 60-40 state fans. I don't think there's much of a home field advantage there. There shouldn't be. I just don't know. The line to me tells the story. That's uh, one game this week. I'm going to say that on. I'll, I'll have another one later. But um, 
it's a, it's a weird line. It's a funky line. Again, next right State's better defense, but a trick play here, a turnover there, and I think Memphis could walk away with this outright. Feels like a sucker bet for sure. As as Nick Nick, you Sucker's know, born well every I day. Do. Nick, you know as well as I do. Open face, let down, look ahead, oh, yeah. sandwich here. I mean. <laughs> Looking ahead to a big opportunity to beat LSU. I mean, LSU's not good. We're about to get to them here in a moment. But you know that that game is circled for Mississippi State. And you know they want to beat them. I mean, they beat them last year before everything fell apart. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it tricky spot for the Bulldogs. All right. I, I think I instantly regret this lock. <laughs> um I'll say this, Nick. Is either going to be like, is either going to be like thirty-eight to seventeen state, or Memphis is winning outright? That's correct. That's what I think too. And I just picked state to win, but Memphis to cover. But that's a bad move by me. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't lock it though. Nick's got a sleepy, (laughs) sleepy non-con win, or it gets super weird in Memphis. Yeah. Up, you know, quote unquote, upsets them. All right, next one. This is a night game. South Carolina, I'm looking at getting 31 and a half on the road in Athens against the Georgia Bulldogs on ESPN. I went back and forth on this one so many times because this game historically is always so dumb. And South Carolina has beaten Georgia teams that are far better than them a couple times when Will Muschamp was there. Um, they got the better better Georgia teams, even when Spurrier was there and they had good South Carolina teams, but they weren't supposed to beat Georgia and they beat them. I just – Georgia's winning without a doubt, but I think that 31-and-a-half is so many points that I feel like South Carolina's defense is solid. I, Zeb Nolan is terrible. I don't know if this is the week where they finally just tell Luke Doty to just gut it out and go out there and play. It's just a lot of points. I I think South Carolina covers the 31 and a half here. I'm going to go against Zach again. I I think that, um, but that doesn't really matter. It's a 30. I'm not betting this game in real life. It's 31 and a half points. South Carolina has no quarterback and Georgia has the best defense in college football. I don't think that South Carolina scores more than seven. And um, so – They got a good kicker. Georgia just needs to get over 38. And um, I think that happens Saturday night. So, give me the Bulldogs. I'll lay 31 and a half. Well, what's wrong with taking the the under here? It's, it's You can get it at 48 on um, Superbook. I mean – so that the line of, of 31 and a half, 32 is looking at basically right along the the line of 37 to 10. And if you think that South Carolina stay in single figures, I don't think Florida, uh, Georgia's, you know, going to run it up into the mid 40s. I feel like that, that 48 is a, I mean, yeah, I they know. could, but I don't Plus know. Plus, on staff over there now. Sure, but Georgia's not, Georgia's not really built to do that. You know what I mean? That they, I mean, they don't really have anything to prove either. I don't guess. I mean, they, they, no, my point is, is that Georgia has one more game remaining on the schedule when it's Alabama, right? That's right. I mean, that's the only game that matters to them. They don't need to put as much of that on film because it, it, things could get, I guess, a little weird. 
you want to save some stuff to put on film against Florida too later in the, in the season. I'm just worried that they're going to score 42 by default just because South Carolina's going to go three and out every possession. No, I, yeah, I, I'm with you, but I I just think under 47. I just I think it's one of those games that you, Georgia kind of comes out and looks like what can can they do anything with this offense? Because I think it's a bad offense. I really do, and I think you could see like 31 points from Georgia. And, and still go comfortably under with a, with a ten or even a fourteen from from South Carolina. Is Daniels playing? Do we know? I, I don't, don't know. I, I think he's still I got the so. the midsection injury, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, so I mean that's just another thing to consider here. Even if he did play, you'd think he'd have a pretty quick hook once they go up, you know, twenty-one to three or whatever. There's no reason to leave him in and, and risk an injury because, as Nick said, you know, Georgia's got everything to play for. There's no reason to get Daniels hurt, knocked out of a game that you're winning by three scores. Um, you know, I, I think you keep some powder dry for another day. I, who knows, man? I, I I do. I'm warming up to your under there, Nick. I, I don't know what the spread looks like. I can imagine a 28 nothing win for Georgia uh, with a running clock, like we talked about in the Arkansas Georgia Southern game. Um, so no way I would bet this game. But I, I think there's a chance Georgia gets in, and gets out, um, and doesn't run it up. And if you know, I do take your point that Muschamp is on staff. But for that though, I, I don't really see much motivation for Georgia to prove a point against South Carolina. All they need to do is win. Just keep winning and they're in. Yeah. I just – with – I mentioned Parker White's the kicker for South Carolina. He's really good. He booted a couple of deep ones to uh, save me last week to cover. Hit the game winner. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia's up 38 to 6 or 38 to 10. And then, um, you know, whatever. I mean, South Carolina kicks a couple of field goals and – you know, quote unquote, backdoors it. But yeah, I mean, George is just going to be super vanilla because they're not going to have to do much to to beat this South Carolina team. Well, Zach, you mentioned Doty too. If you're if you're South Carolina, don't you hold Doty here because you're not going to win the game either I, way? Don't, yeah, don't you rest I, him for. I mean, I think you should, but maybe Beamer gets to the point where he's just like, this is terrible. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I had no clue. You, you guys, I think it was you, Austin, that filled me in. It might have been – it was you or yeah. – I, I can't remember if it was you or Ben. It was probably you, but it was like, Doty's dressed out. Like, I had no idea yeah. he was dressed out. So, like, last week I was like, why the fuck are they not playing him? Because Zeb Nolan couldn't complete a pass for 10 yards. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it, big number. But, yeah, if Georgia wins 42-6, to six, I mean – I'm not going to be shocked. I, I don't, it's a weird game. I don't even know if that covers. I'm terrible at math. Um, all right. Moving on. This one, super, super strange. Um, I don't even know. I, I think I know where I'm leaning here. Um, Central Michigan is at LSU. Jim McElwain back in the SEC for a week. Uh, LSU minus 19 is what I'm seeing. <sighs> Ooh, man. I think LSU is in trouble. I sent y'all that text earlier about FPI has them as the underdog in every SEC game right now the rest of the season. Um, the Chippewas could cover this. I don't think they're that great, but Jim McElwain, decent offensive mind, could put together some drives. LSU wins this one, but I would not be shocked at all if they cover the 19 points here. Um, 
I would probably go Central Michigan plus 19 here. I don't know if there's a bigger number that I can get out there. If there is, I would love it. Nick? Oh, man, sorry. I see 19 and a half. Um, okay. Man, it's a game. Central Michigan is not great. I mean, they're really not. But the fact that LSU is only favored by 19, I think, says pretty much everything you need to know about LSU and kind of where they are. I mean, someone said last week you know, LSU was struggling – to, to even get movement against Nichols or, or, excuse me, against McNeese up front. I, I think LSU is in big, big trouble here. I don't – I wouldn't touch this game no matter what, but I think that uh, short of LSU winning by about 35 here, I think that this game is going to tell us a lot about where LSU is the rest of the season. If they don't cover this game, things could get ugly. I mean, that SEC slate, now that Arkansas is looking pretty good and they've got to go two – Starkville, I mean, there's there's not a lot of wins on there at all. So, I mean, you better go out and grab this one while you can because, I mean, there's – I think they play maybe New Mexico State or they play someone terrible, like Toledo, someone like – or Akron, someone like that later in the year. But past that, I mean, they're, if they want to get to six wins, I, which I don't see, this is a must win. And yeah, you know, So, um, I agree with both of you. I The brain – my brain says LSU – or that Central Michigan plus 19 and a half is probably the play. I also think under 61 would be the play. And then, or I don't think you can get 61 and a half. Yeah, under 61. Um, but in the, I have the, and I always say, that I've said this for years in games where you have a team, a power five team that's going to struggle throughout the course of the season, and LSU is one of those. This year, that that's very apparent right now. Unless something mir- literally miraculous happens on the sideline and a different head coach steps in, um, they're just going to struggle. Um, they will take advantage of this game, and so the I guess the conspiracist in me thinks LSU wins, you know, forty-five to to twenty, and they cover uh, simply because they need to look good in some games. Like they can't win every game or or they can't lose every game and the ones they do win, they barely win. So I, I think that they probably need to cover this line uh, for the, I guess, for the health of, of the program. But um, I, I'm with y'all. I think Central ultimately covers. Yeah, so I thought long and hard about locking Central in here. I wish – I could get 20 or 21, 19 and a half, maybe a little short for me. But as Nick said, LSU struggled last week against McNeese. They only had 302 yards of offense. They averaged 4.2 yards per play. That's not great against FCS competition. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, and now they're down Emory. Uh, they haven't looked good all year, frankly. LSU hasn't. Central Michigan is actually already faced an SEC team, by the way. They, they opened the season with Mizzou. Central Michigan outgained Mizzou in that first game and covered the, the number there. I think they were a 14-point dog. It's a 10-point win for Mizzou to open the year. So McIlwain and Central Michigan are not going to be intimidated. I know it'll be a relatively hostile environment, but um, LSU fans are not going to be their usual rowdy selves given the way the season has played out so far this year. 
And, oh, by the way, as we've already mentioned, LSU has revenge game on deck at Starkville. So, mm-hmm. you know, there there's virtually nothing pointing to an LSU cover here. I just wish I'd had a better key number to fire on Central Michigan. And I may circle back depending on what's left on the board at the end of the pod. But I'm definitely taking the points and, and strongly considering a lock. Again, somebody make the case for me. How could you lay 19 and a half with LSU against anybody right now? You can't. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say, you said it's going to be a hostile environment, probably for different reasons. I think it'll be hostile because people are just pissed at at Orgeron and how he sucks. Um, That's right. I mean, look, what what happens if at at halftime it's 13-10 Central Michigan? I mean, do you all think LSU is going to come out with their hair on fire and fight in the second half, or do you think they lay down? Those those piss balloons might be coming down towards the LSU sideline in the second half. That's right. I think it is more likely that if LSU finds themselves, you know, in a dogfight, that they tap out at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, let's do this one real quick because I honestly think it should be very brief. Uh, Alabama at Florida. Bama, I'm seeing minus 14, lay the points, nothing further. I'm seeing 14 and a half. Yeah, lay them. They, it, could be, it could be 19 and a half, lay them. I don't see any way Florida hangs in here. Um, I'll go ahead if you guys don't mind, and uh, and add that I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in the first half. I, I saw it Knew in it. Alabama. Knew it. Yeah, Bama minus eight and a half first half. I mean, you kidding me? That's a great pick. That's they're the not, cheapest price you you like they, Bama's had they, first half in a long time. Dude, yeah, any not, any any number Bama first half should be locked in every week. Somebody should get that every week. I would have taken it at ten, just to give you an example, because worst case is it's pushing. I just I don't see a team staying within ten points of, of them in the first half. I mean, I I'm trying to think of a, a, a Florida wet dream uh, on on Saturday, and that's keeping Bama to. 24 first half points and then they'd have to score 17 to 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 no it's not happening. So and now, like I said that's a best case scenario. So something's wrong here because the the game opened at 15 <laughs> and and it's not moved. So in fact like, it's come down. Yeah, it's come to 14 and a half. That y'all are y'all are too bullish here. Like I don't, so, I don't have at it, man. It was they were they were bullish in that Miami game too, and we saw what happened. Yeah, but Florida's better than Miami. I mean, who's sure, Florida's starting like, quarterback? They won by like thirty against Miami, though. I mean, it, they're yeah. better, but the, it only has to be a touchdown and a field goal in the first half. Oh, I'm I'm not disagreeing with your first half line. I'm talking about oh, the yeah. overall score of the game, like Alabama covering fourteen and a half. Like I that. I'm not sold. Not yet. I, I think the play in this game is under 60. You can get it at one place. Uh, the 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 line op- or the total open at 54 and a half. It's gone up five and a half points. That's great value. So I would think under 60 is the play, or you could even say 59 and a half. Um, but I'm not sold on Bama covering the 14 and a half. And I know that's going against the grain. That's fine. But Vegas opened at 15 and it's only gone the other direction of what we would expect. Like if the, if the whales thought that Alabama was going to cover 15 
this this line would be 19 now mm-hmm. and, and and it's not it it went the other direction there's something going on i don't know if this is because bryce young's a freshman quarterback and they're having to play at the swamp i mean yes they blew out miami but miami's not very good and that was a neutral site game in out in atlanta I, i'm gonna say miami fans aren't notorious for traveling well just, just guessing and manny diaz versus dan mullen who you got Oh yeah, damn on. Yeah, every day of the week. And so, and the thing is, is we've watched Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. I don't know that he'll do this at Florida. That sucker, if it's like an eleven-point game and they've got the ball, he'll run the clock out or kick mm-hmm. a field goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he plays. It's almost like he plays cover spread. Look, I'll take Florida in the points simply because I think this is this is weird that it wouldn't have gone up from here, and and that smells fishy to me. Yeah, so this was my second line tells the story of the week. This line, so I looked back last year just for comparison, trying to find an angle. Do you all know what the the number was in the SEC championship game last year between Bama and Florida? You remember what that spread was? 16, right? 16. So those teams, now that was on a neutral, and those teams looked a lot different than the current teams. But basically what Vegas has said is these are the same teams all over again, just giving Florida a two-point home field advantage. I don't know that I buy that. Florida lost a lot of weapons. Don't get me wrong. They lost a ton. But so did Alabama, not just on the field, but in their coaching staff as well. I don't think Florida ever threatens to win outright, but you're giving Dan Mullen two touchdowns plus a hook. The back door could be open. I think Ben is exactly right about the total. I think Florida's going to want to play this at a crawl to stay in the game. And I can imagine it being, you know, 35-28 final, 35-24 final, where, you know, again, you never really felt like Florida was going to win. But Mullen just kept grinding out the game and sneaks in the back door, you know, at at the very end. Now, Mm -hmm. look – you go broke over the last what five years, or maybe even longer than that, betting against Bama. So I'm not I'm not throwing real money on this IRL at all. Yeah. But I think I think the number is it's fascinating. I think it stinks. I mean, when's the last time Bama's only been 14 points? It's got to be an Ole Miss game. <laughs> Seriously, I don't yeah. know, LSU like LSU 19. Maybe yeah, maybe 19. Again, against this Florida team last year, I know the pieces are different. Faces are different. Jerseys are different. But 16 on a neutral and 14 now, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd be hesitant to lay that number. All right. Mm. Probably the best game of the night, if it's not the one we just discussed. Auburn traveling to Happy Valley for the wideout. I see it Auburn plus six and a half. I'll be brief, and then y'all can dive in here. This is no indication of how I feel about Auburn. I just feel like with James Franklin and how he coaches, I like Penn State to win, but I like Auburn to cover. I just think it's going to be a close 27-23 type win for Penn State. I think that Auburn covers this number. But I think Penn State ultimately wins. I feel pretty good about it. I, Bo Nix is still the quarterback at Auburn, which is why I don't think that they can win it. But I think that they cover just because they have Tate Bixby. They have a really good defense with Derek Mason. 
as the DC. I think that Penn State has that, honestly, a great segue here because I feel like James Franklin has a tendency to coach a little bit like Dan Mullen where he's not going to try to beat you. He's just going to try to not lose. Um, yeah, I like Auburn to cover, but Penn State to win here. So I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen here for you all. When do you guys go ahead? I want, I want to hear what y'all have to say on the game before I go. All right, so y'all know it's the whiteout game, right? Uh, how could we forget? Yeah, so uh, this is like Penn State's deal, right, the, the huge whiteout game. I, what's that home field worth? What do y'all think? Three and a half, four? I think it's four. I think it's four and a half or more. I really, they, they, they've, they've already said they've adjusted the home field up by about a point to a yeah. half a point maybe this year, just yeah. based on the fact that people didn't play in front of big crowds last year. That's this right. A, this is a big one. I'm thinking four and a half or so. Yeah. So the number is what? Five and a half, Nick? Six and a half. Uh, I see it at four and a half and five. Oh, okay. wow. So let me lock in the Penn State Dittany Lions at four and a half. You're telling me yeah. these teams are pick them yeah. on a neutral field? No way. No way. Uh, Bo Nix's home road splits have been well documented um, at home. Bo Nix is pretty good. By the way, this is, I think, a huge missed opportunity. There's never been a good Bo, bad Bo narrative with Bo Nix, and there, there should have been. Because at home, he's fine. On the road, however, he's a completely different dude. He's got 10, I think, career touchdowns on the road to 10 interceptions on the road. So he's a below-average quarterback on the road. This is the most hostile environment he will have played in, um, maybe ever. So Penn State's been relatively impressive early on now that, you know, they, they've only played real, one real team in Wisconsin, but they handled them in Camp Randall. So I think Penn State's the superior team top to bottom. And I've got a theory about what Harston has been doing on offense there at Auburn, where they're racking up, you know, 60 points in back-to-back games to open the season. I think he's rolling up those points because he knows the offense is going to struggle down the stretch and when they get in the SEC play. So I think this is his attempt to, to try to find something on offense and also maybe to uh, lay the groundwork to suggest later that he actually is competent on offense and doesn't need to be um, fired or replaced an offensive coordinator, maybe down the road. So, uh, yeah, give me Penn State here. I, I don't think these teams are a neutral uh, or, or pick them on a – sorry, in a neutral environment. Um, huge home field advantage. I think Penn State grinds out a win. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be Big Ten football. But I think we're talking 28-20 Penn State. Yeah, I'm glad oh, you went ahead. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you went ahead of me because I was going to lock in Penn State. I don't, I don't see it yet from Auburn. They faced – almost certainly the worst schedule in the country through two weeks. Yep. So, uh, you know, what we've seen is, is, is definitely a mirage. I think that's kind of built it in the number here. And Penn State looked good against Wisconsin to open the year. Yeah, they did. I mean, so, yeah, love that. They game. are, they are pretty good. And, you know, in the SEC, we're so, <laughs> I guess, biased and saying, oh, well, Auburn's played in tough environments. We have, it, it's happy valleys, like, one of the top five toughest places to play in the country, I would think. Sure. And, and like the Big Ten, for for as much as we make fun of it being, you know, the players being slower, whatever, their bands are better, their students are better, their crowds are better. I mean, they just are. Oh, there'd be a hundred thousand people in that stadium, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Our players are better. 
but but it, it, saying our is in the SEC. But but Penn State's good, and I think that they're going to cover this one easy. I like that pick. I really don't have much to add that y'all haven't said. Auburn, we don't know what they are because they've not. I mean, they played who Alabama A and M or Alabama yeah. State or whatever it was. I, you know, and Akron, what, Akron may be literally the worst team in the country. Yeah, we don't know what Auburn is, and and Penn State has already y'all said this very well. They're road tested. I mean, mm-hmm. they went to freaking Camp Randall and won. That's got to be one of the best wins of the year. Yeah, so, up there with Oregon. Yeah. Yes, up there with Oregon. So you know, uh, I, I agree. I would lay the points of Penn State. Yeah. All right. Uh, we want to talk about the Ole Miss game a little bit. Anybody have any, any anything on that? I mean, I've, I've said numerous times this week that I thought Ole Miss would be up by 20 points in the fourth quarter. It's not a number I would I would pick, though, because of the back door. And I've just seen – not I don't want to say I've seen Ole Miss shut it down defensively, but, you know, you're, you're coming off of starting the season likely 3-0, assuming, you know, what, what I think is going to happen happens. And you've got Bama in two weeks. I could see Ole Miss kind of pulling the reins back a little bit there late, but – I think it's a game Ole Miss is gonna is gonna be up by three scores in the fourth quarter. I really do. I just think that 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 two lane game early in the year. I kind of said it earlier in the year it was kind of a weird game, and they didn't have the upper deck open at, at uh, Oklahoma Stadium. It was you know kind of a, um, a a weird atmosphere there, and I think that that Oklahoma shut it down too, and, and Tulane kind of came back. And I think that they're getting a lot of the benefit of the doubt because they played a team with a notoriously bad defense close. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That second line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials. 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, 
do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe running it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Hey, we're back. Podcast about Legal Gambling Council. We had some technical difficulties, my AirPods, uh, but, you know, they just fucked up. So, um... Steve Wozniak is too busy uh, building a space program, whatever the fuck he's doing, and the AirPods didn't uh, didn't work. Um, all right, so you guys talked about Auburn, Penn State. I'm assuming we're done with that one, correct? Yeah. Yes. That's all right. Um, I'm pretty sure we all are in agreement that Stanford is going to cover the 11 and a half or whatever the hell it is against Vandy so we can move on to Ole Miss, Tulane, correct? Yes. Okay. Ole Miss minus 14 is what I'm seeing. It's Tulane. I'll keep it brief. I think Ole Miss runs Tulane out of the building on Saturday night. I think this is the perfect setup going into the bye week, getting ready for Alabama, that Lane Kiffin is going to want to send a statement to the team. Uh, Finish was a big word that they were using all week about um, not giving up, you know, garbage touchdowns, finishing drives. Um, yada 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 I, I just think Ole Miss is far better than Tulane Tulane gave Oklahoma a, a scare but I think that's way overplayed I, I, I think Ole Miss cruises in this one yeah I do too man I, I just think I've said all week that Ole Miss is going to be leading by three scores in the in the fourth quarter and I stick with that I, I, I don't know if it was cut off earlier but 
I just think we kind of give, and I say we, I think people are kind of giving Tulane a little too much benefit of the doubt because of that weird game versus Oklahoma, you know, without the full, the full stadium and off of a, a, a weird week where Oklahoma thought they were going to be traveling and whatnot. So, I, yeah, Tulane and Oklahoma shut down that game. Tulane's a fine team, and a fine team could lose to this on this team by 21 points. I really think that. All right. Um, I agree. I think Ole Miss likely covers. Um, I think the back door could be open late simply because I think it could be rainy, and that's why I'm going to lock in under 76 and a half. Um, I, and here's partly why 52, Ole Miss could score 52, 52 to 24 covers. It's the under on that 76 and a half. Whoa. That's a lot of points. I mean, even if you dropped Ole Miss to 45 and took Tulane to, you know, 31, that's you locking, still – You locking that in? Yeah, under, under 76 and a half. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's just – that's just – that's the biggest total on the board this week. That's you so feel like You feel like that Vegas a couple of years ago couldn't quite catch up to Ole Miss going over yes. every game? They're and now, now. Yes. Yeah, now they're like, oh, Ole Miss every game 77, and actually the defense is a little better – Right. Than that now. Yes. I mean, Austin said before we came on here, the two, and maybe it was on the show, one thing that really helped Ole Miss is, and not to steal Austin's thunder, is the scare of Oklahoma. Because now, you know, Lane Kiffin can say, look, if y'all don't come out and play, you're going to get your ass whipped. Exactly. And, and, and so, you know, they're, he's going to have Ole Miss ready to play, particularly the defense. I think they'll look a lot better than Austin P. Not that they look bad against Austin P. It was sluggish, but you, you get my point. I think it could look very similar to Louisville, and I think that the under comfortably hits, and I think Ole Miss uncomfortably covers. I just copy, paste, cosign everything y'all have said, and we'll just add that while Tulane looked – competent on defense against Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma, they had all offseason to get ready for that game. I mean, I know that, you know, their routines were interrupted, unfortunately, and they sort of, you know, had to adjust on the fly, but they spent a summer preparing for that one game, and then Rattler threw them the ball two times. You know, they had two or three turnovers against Oklahoma, so Oklahoma's offense let Tulane hang around in that game. Um I'm with y'all. I think there's a chance that the back door is open late. I do not think that we ever have to sweat Tulane winning outright. I think the under bet is the way to go because, as Ben said, Vegas does not appear to have caught up to our defense quite yet, which, again, the Ole Miss defense is not elite, but they think, apparently, that the Ole Miss defense is still going to give up, you know, 40 a game. And so far this season, there's really no reason to believe that. Um, I don't think Tulane is going to be the first team to put 40 on us uh, Saturday either, so – you know, I think you're talking 28 between 28 and 35 is I think is a good range there for 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 Tulane. I think Ole Miss you're talking anywhere from 42 to 48. So um, you know, you just do the, the quick math there. Potential for back door to be open. I do think it goes under relatively easily. Uh, we get out of this one and head into the bye week. You know, before we move on, 76 would be a better total for the Alabama game. Maybe, yeah. I mean, mm. I I think Ole Miss is not going to have trouble scoring on Alabama, and the only way to beat them these days is to outscore them. So, oh, you mean you mean Ole Miss Bama? Oh, for sure, definitely. I thought you meant Bama Florida. Sorry, yeah, Ole Miss Alabama. I think the total at seventy six would be much more realistic that game than this game. Completely agree. Yeah. 
All right. All the SEC games out of the way. We need to get some locks in. Uh, it looks like Ben and Nick just need one. Austin and myself need three. I'll go ahead and jump in here first. I think that let me find it so I make sure I got the right one. Um, I'm seeing two and a half, and that's just easy money. Uh, I'm taking Northwestern minus two and a half against Duke. Duke is absolutely terrible. So I think the Wildcats win. It doesn't matter. Just cover two and a half. I, I don't know what the total will be. It'll be an ugly, stupid game. The under is also a play here, but Duke is really bad, and I think Northwestern wins that one. It does feel like Cutcliffe's swan song. Yep. Oh, there's no doubt there. Go ahead, Austin. All right, Austin, All right. hit us with one. Yeah, right. I can go twice. You, you already have one locked in, Austin. You got that's uh, right. Yeah, Penn, Penn State. State minus uh, four and a half. Oh, okay, I missed that one because that or was is my it four. It's four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Um. Do you want me to hit hit another one since you're yeah have that it. one already? Yeah, go. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Just I don't know if it's because uh, it's just out of Respect for uh, Scott Frost Day on Saturday. I'm going to go Oklahoma minus 22 and a half. I, Nebraska fucking sucks. And I think that Oklahoma is going to be hungry to uh, get the Tulane taste out of their mouth. And That's to, a great pick. Uh, uh, Nebraska sucks. I mean, Illinois should have beaten them worse. And I just think that this is a perfect opportunity for Oklahoma to try to make a statement for the playoff committee. Like, hey, like we're, we're still here. I think Rattler goes off. Yeah, easy. Yeah, and remember that Nebraska tried to get out of this game in the offseason. So I think oh, Oklahoma is going to so pour hard. it on. <laughs> and then they complained about the time of the game. Uh, right, Oklahoma right. did. This is Love like fi- 55 to 14 or something. Yeah. If you don't have one, Austin, I can hit you with another one. Uh, Go ahead. I'm scrolling, but, but go Zach's ahead. Zach's going to wipe his all three out in a row. Wow. I, I, I've been on a – I've been feeling this one all week. Um, I'm seeing it at eight. If anybody's got it, anything better for me, hit me. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame covering against Purdue. Purdue lost a running back for the year. I think Notre Dame had a scare. Oh, I get you seven um, and a half. Okay, perfect. Seven and a half. They, you know, obviously had the the weird one against Florida State. You know, whatever. Historical rivalry game week one. I'll give you that. Um, and then last week, um, eked out a win. Uh, can't even remember who they played. Um, somebody here can probably help me. Uh, Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. The Rockets, Jason Candle. Uh, um, yeah. I, I, Notre Dame's a better team, better athletes. Brian Kelly hardly ever lays an egg. Um, He's been really, really good the past five or six years. He's had one bad season, but other than that, they've made the college football playoff. I think they have an identity. I think they're just going to just ride the run game in that defense, and I think they just smother Purdue and uh, cover seven and a half easily. So there's my three. Hey, Nick, what are my locks? Do you have the sheets pulled up? Uh, Zach. You got got Georgia Southern plus 24. You got Tulane Ole Miss under 76 and a half. And I've got I've got my last one in case I need to go ahead and, and knock that one out. All right, for my last pick, let me make sure I've got this double check. Okay, I've got Michigan State 
plus six and a half. I'm just, I don't think Miami's all that good. And I think this Michigan State team is just like a wholly different team than what we've 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 grown up with. This is not your, you know, your dad's Michigan State team. This is not a grinded out play defense and win, you know, 17-13 in the the freezing, you know, rain up of in East Lansing. This is this is a much better Michigan State team that kind of playing with some athletes out there. They're putting some points on the board. The defense is still pretty salty, though. They're getting six and a half. I really wish I could catch seven. I mean, y'all know how big of a difference that is. But I think they're playing this game close. I mean, I've got this one maybe as a 28-24 type game at, at best for Miami. So lock that in, Michigan State plus six and a half. I think Michigan State's running back may be the best player on the field, too. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Dude's a monster. He's from, uh, he's from Memphis. All right, Austin, you've got three and I've got one, so you need to start. Okay, all right, give me uh, UVA on the road, North Carolina. I think I'm catching – can I get a nine, Nick? Who was that, Virginia? Virginia, yeah. I saw at an eight and a half earlier, and now I'm seeing um, – yeah, best I can do is eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay, I'll take it, eight and a half. Uh, so I think UVA is four and O against North Carolina over the last four years. Um, obviously that includes, uh, you know, the long Bateman combo last year and Sam Howell. I think Broncos program is, is, you know, it, look, he's the type of guy that it takes a couple years to get his program in place, but then they get an identity and they kind of just stick with it and they are who they are. Um, I think UVA is comparable to Virginia Tech. We all know how that ended up for North Carolina and their opener at Virginia Tech. Um, I don't know that Virginia wins outright, but I don't have any reason to think that UNC is going to beat them by double digits. So I think Virginia hangs around all game. They probably are going to try to drag UNC into a you know slower paced mm-hmm. um, matchup. And I think UVA's defense is better than North Carolina's. Now, look, Sam Howe will be the best player in the game, but he can't do it by himself, again, as we <laughs> saw in Blacksburg. So uh, give me the eight and a half. They've also got the best coach on the, out there. I'm, That's I'm right. just being honest with you. Yep. Go again. All right, last one. Big number, I think, but let's go out to Fresno and UCLA. What's the total, Nick? Ooh, Fresno, uh, 60. You, I can get anywhere from 62 and a half all the way up to 63. Let's go over 62 and a half. UCLA yeah. um, obviously had a really that. good offensive showing against a much better defense in LSU than Fresno will field. But Fresno showed against Oregon. They're no slouch themselves. Um, Oregon, who just went on the road and bullied Ohio State. Fresno State was in it into the fourth quarter against Oregon on the road there. I expect Fresno to keep it close. But I don't want to take the 11 and a half with them just in case UCLA, you know, wins like 38, I don't know, 24 or whatever. But I, I think it goes over. I think UCLA is going to get high 30s. I hope Fresno gets into the 30s. I think they will. Um, 62 and a half is not asking too much. I don't think hopefully not good weather and everything uh, out on the West Coast. So uh let's let's hope for a 42-34 UCLA win. Yeah, I I love that one. All right, so I got one more. UCLA, what was it? What was the lock, Austin? UCLA Fresno over 62 and a half. Okay. 62 and a half? Mm. Okay. Ben, your last one. So 
Um, I am um, just pick Vandy. I mean, the the Sanford one. Get, do it. That's that. I, I, I really. I should have done. Okay, that uh, let let's table that and let me pitch <laughs> this to y'all and see what y'all think about this. All right, Old Dominion Liberty. <laughs> Liberty oh, is ten and zero against the spread in their last ten games. Wow. Liberty or Old Dominion is one and twelve straight up in their last 13 games. They're bad. They are really bad. The line opened at 23 and it's gone all the way to 27 and a half. It also opened the total opened at 16 and a half and is down to 52 and a half in places. Now that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge shift. Eight points. You, yeah. you tell me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we're talking about a huge for East coast team. I'm thinking of the over probably hits, but I mean, or, or the, uh, I, anyway, I think I'm going to have to take the over uh, 52 and a half. Um, that's just too big of a line move for me. Eight points. You're giving me eight points from the opener. That means, you know, I everybody took the under so hard that I'm going to fade it back. I think it, it's got a reversed course and go back and level out somewhere around 57. So, um, or 58. I, I think you're giving me a, a few points. I'm going to take over 52 and a half in Old Dominion Liberty. I think you just need 10 out of Old Dominion and you sail over. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. And and let's be honest. Freeze will do some kind of receiver pass or something, and and Old Dominion will get they'll, – they'll find a way to 10 points. Hmm. They do suck, though. <laughs> what a time. All right. Um, I could go on three this week, boys. And if I go on three, I think I'm still whooping you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you hadn't lost one yet uh we're looking at uh as a unit uh as a team we are 16 and 11 right now heading into this week so pretty good oh, that's in the money yeah oh yeah 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 that's, that's good um but yeah again apologies for the technical difficulties i'll fix it in post blame uh steve wozniak and the folks at apple for that one but uh, appreciate uh, Austin, Ben, and Nick and their patience and you, the listener, for tuning in for this week. Uh, make sure to uh, keep in mind what our locks were. I'll run through them real quick. Penn State minus four and a half, UVA plus eight and a half, UCLA Fresno over 62 and a half, Georgia Southern plus 24, Tulane Ole Miss under 76 and a half, o, uh, ODU Liberty over 52 and a half. Mississippi, oh, yeah, Mississippi State minus three. Bama first half minus eight and a half. Michigan State plus six and a half. Northwestern minus two and a half. Oklahoma minus 22 and a half. Notre Dame minus seven and a half. So some good ones there. I think this is another good week of uh, sneaky good games. So it should be entertaining. Again, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to the fellas for uh, putting up with the uh, technical difficulties. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to another good week of, uh, of games as Ole Miss takes on Tulane heading into the bye week ahead of the showdown with Alabama. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, bid adieu? No. Perfect. No, I'm Sounds out. great. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, all right. Fly ball Thank you. caught. <laughs> Thank you to uh, Davis McCord and State Farm for uh, putting us in this 
lavish studio. Thanks to LBs. Thanks to Solah and the rest of the sponsors. For Austin, for Ben, for Nick over there, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.